you don't feel like celebrating whatever holiday, celebrating the year, celebrate yourself. Been through so much. This has been such a year with so many challenges. Celebrate the fact that you're you're still here. You're strong. You faced adversity and you're kicking its butt. So celebrate yourself. You're listening to CWC Talks, a podcast from the University of Florida Counseling and Wellness Center. In each episode, we discuss mental health topics related to the experience of being a student and share the struggles and joys of taking care of your mental health while in college. Please note, CWC Talks is not a substitute for counseling and may be sensitive for people who have experienced trauma. All guests' views are their own and do not speak for the CWC, the University of Florida, or the mental health profession as a whole. In this episode, licensed mental health counselor Olivia Paketli talks about why the holidays can be hard, especially if you've lost someone. She suggests ways to take care of yourself this holiday season, as well as creative ideas for remembering your loved ones. Hi, Olivia. Welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that you came on. And we are here today to talk about mental health during the holidays and specifically the ways that grief and loss can really impact our experience of the holidays and what some things that students can keep in mind as they enter this holiday season, um, what they can do to take care of themselves and um, just some things that have been helpful as we approach the Thanksgiving holiday and all the other winter holidays that come afterwards. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that the holidays can impact mental health? Well, I think the season itself, um, you know, it's winter, it's cold, or a little bit cold, at least here in Florida. Skies are overcast, it gets darker earlier. So I think a lot of times we just tend to want to retreat more we tend to want to hibernate more, so to speak. And so sometimes that can bring like a, a heaviness, uh, a sadness among many people for lots of different reasons, including the weather. And then there's also too, you know, we're gathering together with family and maybe some people don't really get along well with their family. Maybe there's some, especially this year with the pandemic, it's changing how we get together with families. There's political tension. So maybe you aren't on the same side as maybe some other family members. So there, there can be a lot of family dynamics that, that play into it. And then, of course, you know, if you've lost a loved one recently, um, and this is the first holiday that you are having, you know, without that loved one, that can be very difficult too. And this has been a year of loss for just about everyone I know, whether Mm -hmm. it came in the form of, of a death of a loved one or just the loss of so many of our rituals, so much human connection, Mm -hmm. the loss of normal, whatever that was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The loss of our freedoms, you know, really, you know, before we were able to freely go to 
restaurants and theme parks with, you know, minimal restrictions. And now we have to mask up and keep our distance from others, you know, just to try to enjoy the things that we used to before, before the pandemic hit. So, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a loss there. Yeah. And the way that we would gather and share food around, mm-hmm. uh, around celebrations or holidays, or even to mark um, hard events, like you gather at someone's house afterwards, after a burial or something, right. you don't even have those traditions anymore. No. Mm-mm. So it's, so it's relevant. And I, I know that even before the pandemic, my years of working with students at the counseling center around the holidays this time was often met with ambivalence gratitude that there was a break from classes but a lot of trepidation about what they might be returning to uh, at home or even not having home to return to right Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of, you know, students who can't afford to go home, they can't afford to travel back home. Students who may come from difficult family situations, abusive homes, things like that, that can be, you know, very difficult. You don't really want to go home. And then, you know, also too, college life is so much different than home life. Even if home life is great, you still don't you know, have the freedom to do whatever you want, like you do in college, you know, so there's adjusting to that too. So with, with that in mind, what are some ways, you know, we've talked about some of the influences right now in this holiday season that folks could be struggling with. What are some ways that, that those influences can impact our mental health? I'm thinking about coming off of a really hard semester, most of our students, and they might already be kind of sad. They might already be struggling with anxiety. They're already worn down from a difficult election season. That There's already folks, I think most folks right now have a, have a feeling of running on empty. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the holidays where you're expected to be happy and sing Christmas carols and be joyous and buy presents for one another. And yeah, people might not really want to do that this year, you know, because it's going to look so different. Or might not be able to. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what I was getting at just in terms of, I think culturally in this country, there can be a lot of pressure around the holidays that we're supposed to be happy. Right. So talk to me a little bit about death and loss of loved ones approaching the holidays, grief and loss around the holidays. Well, you know, it can be hard no matter how long it's been since you've lost a loved one. You know, if it's been just this year, if it's been several years, you still feel it around the holidays because there's that one person that's missing or two or five, you know, from the dinner table. And it's not always the case of the loss of that person, but maybe the loss of traditions that included that person or maybe um, that that person initiated that is no longer there. 
you know, I remember having an aunt who would always buy, she was a great aunt. And so she would always buy her great nieces. Um, (laughs) This is embarrassing. (laughs) She would always buy her great nieces yellow underwear for Christmas. (laughs) And the whole thought was, was you have to wear yellow when you ring in the new year. So she wanted, and for good luck, So she wanted to make sure that we were all wearing yellow so that we would have good luck coming into the new year. So, I mean, it's been a really long time that I've, I've received yellow underwear for Christmas, but that's like one thing that she did that nobody else in our family does. And you know, that's something that you miss and yeah, it makes my cheeks burn right now thinking about it, you know, but that's just one thing. There's some sentimentality around that. And that's a time when you notice their absence. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because this particular aunt, she, her birthday was around Christmas. She died around Christmas. So it's like it's all compounding in December. And I'm sure it's like that with a lot of other folks. And so, yeah, you can, you miss those things. You think back to Christmas's past and those little things that, you know, a lot of us take for granted, they become real treasures. So there can really be, even if the holidays still hold some joy, there can be a bittersweetness, a sadness, a mourning that's present, right. even in the midst of, of some joyful times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about, um, I'm just thinking about some students that I'm aware of who have lost parents this year to the pandemic. Right, right. And yeah, how is, how is Thanksgiving going to look without them? Will there even be a Thanksgiving? And, you know, that's something that we should talk about. That's something that we need to talk to our family about. Because if, you know, I'm a student and I'm planning on going home for Thanksgiving, but I don't really know what Thanksgiving is going to look like without my dad, Maybe we need to talk about it as a family. Maybe I need to call my brother and talk to my mom and our grandparents and just say, okay, what do we want to do this year? And maybe we do something different. Maybe we don't do the traditional turkey and stuffing and sweet potatoes and pumpkin pie. You know, maybe we go out for sushi instead. You know, just something different is okay. You don't have to do the same traditions if you don't feel like it. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of it. You know, you can get, you can get really creative actually. That's such an important point that I I wonder almost if, I mean, there's no wrong way to grieve and no wrong way to approach this, but the idea that of giving yourself choice, that maybe there's great comfort in doing the same thing, or maybe that's just really traumatizing to do the same thing because you're just so aware of who's not there. Right, right. And there's a grief expert. His name is Dr. Kenneth Doka. He's fantastic. Several years ago, he came up with the three C's of grieving around the holidays. And the first one is choice. You know, you choose what you want to do around the holidays. Maybe there are traditions that you definitely want to hold on to, and then maybe there are ones that you're just not ready to. Maybe there are things that you want to change this year. The second C is to communicate. Talk to your family about it. 
because, you know, if grandma is worried, why isn't she coming to dinner? Well, just communicate, you know, it's, it's a little hard for me to come to dinner right now because I'm missing someone so much. And they'll understand, they'll, they'll see your perspective and they'll know where you're coming from. And then the last C is to compromise. Because sometimes, okay, maybe I'll come, instead of coming for dinner, maybe I'll come for dessert. So that grandma can still see me at the holidays, but I don't have to completely commit myself to the entire experience. And I can give myself that boundary and I can give myself that space to take care of what I need. And maybe to honor my loved one in the way that means something to me. I love those examples that you gave of choices that you can make, the importance of communicating about what you need or what you're feeling, and then also being willing to compromise that it doesn't have to look the same. And hopefully with some communication, the people around you will support you and you can agree on something that that kind of works okay for everybody. Right. And then I was, so the three C's, I was thinking this year, there's a fourth C, which is like COVID considerations, <laughs> because I know that a lot of folks are struggling with, do they even go home and risk exposing loved ones? And if they do go home, what there's for a lot of folks, a sense of heightened risk that right. comes with making that choice. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing to consider communicating about. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Have a question about mental health? Have any questions about CWC? Ask it. Ask it is a new way for students to ask mental health questions and get answers from a CWC associate. Ask it provides responses to a range of inquiries such as when to ask for help, how to manage day-to-day stress, how to support a fellow Gator, existing resources for addressing mental health concerns, and more. Once you submit your question and contact information, a CWC clinician will respond with an answer within five to seven business days. Ask your question today at counseling.ufl.edu forward slash ask it. I think that the holidays in general with family can be a time where families have expectations of their children, their adult students. Right, right. And I think we kind of, we have our own expectations of ourselves. You know, we put pressure on ourselves. We have expectations of how our families are going to behave, react. And if they're not in line with what we're thinking, that can create a lot of tension. You know, like if I'm going home to visit family you know, and I think, okay, it's just going to be me and my immediate family, like my parents and my brothers and sisters, but then they invite our extended family, but I have concerns about the pandemic. Well, you know, how do I set a boundary there? And what can I do? What's in my control that I can do? And we're talking about those concerns relate to the people who are still alive, right? Who are still here, right? right. Mm-hmm. What are some, what are some ways that For students who have lost someone this year or at any time, and it's, they know that the holidays bring up that loss. 
what are some things that students might be able to do to take care of themselves and honor honor the loss and honor the loved one? Mm-hmm. There are so many different creative ways that that you can honor the person you know that you love and that you've lost. And one thing that I want to make clear is that just because that person is gone doesn't mean that the relationship is gone. That relationship is still there. That love is still there. And you can continue to nurture it. And so honoring it, it can be a beautiful thing and it can be so healing. You know, you can do something like, you know, I know some families who will set a place at the table for that person. I know other people who will cook the person's favorite food and bring that, you know, to the family gathering. I know others who will make ornaments to honor that person. There was one activity that I really love doing with people, with my clients, is this ornament activity. And people can do this on their own. But you get those plastic globe ornaments that you can get like any arts and crafts store and, you know, the kind that opens in half and you get some slips of paper can be all different colors. It can, you know, be Christmas colors or, you know, whatever you want. And on those slips of paper, you think about the gifts that that loved one has given you. And it doesn't have to be tangible gifts. It doesn't have to be, oh, they gave me a bike one year or anything like that. It can be those gifts that are invisible. The, the gift of a voice. You know, that person listened to me. And so they allowed me to use my voice. That person was the first person who showed me how to love. That person took me fishing lots and lots of different intangible gifts. And so on each slip of paper, you write down what those gifts are. And then you put it in this plastic globe and, you know, you tie it up with a ribbon and then you have it there every Christmas that, you know, you get to look at and you get to pull out and you can always add to it and you can have family members add to it, you know, and it's just always there. Those gifts are always going to be there. And one time I did it with a client of mine who had lost her ex-fiance. It was a, it's tragically, the, he was a victim of murder and she didn't know what to do. And it was so hard for her to communicate her feelings and her loss because it was just so deep and it was so heavy. And so I was, you know, guiding her through this activity And she couldn't even close the ornament because she had so many slips of paper showing all the gifts that he had given her. That's very moving. It was, it was so powerful. She was able to see the amazing impact he had on her life in just a short period of time. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And, you know, her plan was to go home and share this with her family. And they were all going to do the same ornament activity, which I I just love. I love that idea. Thank you so much for sharing that. I was thinking about a, a loss that I recently had, and I'm still processing a really, really close friend of mine recently died. And I, uh, haven't 
dealt much with death yet. I've been really lucky. And so I feel like I'm really a newbie at grief, uh, grieving death. And what I was really amazed by was the way in the days after I learned of my friend's death, that the memories of that person just came rushing back in as if they were visiting me. Like we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years and memories from that time in my life where we were really close and all the gifts that they had given me and Mm -hmm. all the ways that they had influenced my path that I didn't even really realize just how much impact this person had had on me. It was so incredible to just re-experience that loved one. And I think I I did a lot of writing just because I was stunned at at how many memories I had, but it was just on a scrap paper. And there's something about this activity that really formalizes those gifts and memorializes them in ways that you can keep revisiting year after year. And yeah, I think I might do that with my friend. Mm -hmm. And with the ornament, you can hold it. You know, you can hold those gifts. And there's something very cathartic about that too. That it's tangible. Yeah. What drew you to learning about grief and how to grieve? Well, I I guess I was exposed to it at a really early age. I remember going to my first funeral when I was like three or four. And um, it was a distant cousin of mine. I don't even remember if I've ever met him, but he died in a tragic car accident. But I, I do remember my mom crying and people around us crying. So I guess that was like my first memory of grief. And then I've lost, you know, several family members and friends over the years in a variety of, of different ways. But when I was in grad school, I started volunteering for this nonprofit agency and they provided grief support groups to children and children who had lost parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, you know, and we helped kids as young as three and kids as old as 17. And then their parents, of course, had a separate um, support group. And it was just being in the room with those children, because most of the time I was with the really little ones, being in a room with those children and watching them process their grief in such healthy ways, you know, because we would have different activities for them surrounded around grief and emotion. But then there was also the time where they got to play with each other. Because a lot of times kids who are grieving, they might be the only kid in their class who lost their dad, you know, or who lost their mom. So they feel like an outsider. But coming to this center where they're with other kids who are experiencing very similar things, you know, they don't feel like an outsider. They feel like they can be themselves and we're showing them that it's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel these emotions, but then it's also okay to play Mm. and to find camaraderie in one another and to support each other. So I think that really opened the door for me 
to really study grief. And then, you know, from there, uh, you know, through my volunteer work, and then um, I began going to workshops and conferences. And it was just, I just think it's so important that we talk about it for so long, for so many reasons. And for so many people, it's kind of a taboo subject, like, oh, no, I don't want to talk about it with them, because it might make them upset. No, not talking about it makes that person upset. Let's talk about that loved one. Let's talk about that relationship because it's meaningful. It meant something. That person was important to you. I think that that's so important to remember that we tend to avoid topics that are going to be painful. Right. And grief by nature is painful. Uh, But to be alone to be alone in that pain when it's also such a eventually universal experience. We're right. all going to lose lo- people we love and we're all going to yeah. die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but so is love. And so is, and that was, I think that was something that I, you know, for other people who have had a lot more experience with losing loved ones than I have, I'm going to probably sound like, pretty far behind, but I, for all of my experience being with other people's really intense emotions as a therapist, I don't always give my own emotions the attention and space that they deserve. And as I felt the grief just piercing me in waves, I also felt the love. I realized that You can't have one without the other. No, you can't. And so if we, if we avoid those painful conversations about this stuff, then we also may be blocking an opportunity to, like you said, reconnect with that relationship with that person, even if they are no longer like physically present in our lives. Mm -hmm. Who do you miss around the holidays, Olivia? Hmm. I miss my grandparents. I do a lot. I mean, they've been gone for my, the grandparents I'm thinking of have been gone for nine years already, but we used to celebrate Christmas Eve with them every year. They're Cuban. And so we call it Noche Buena. And we would all go over to their house Um, all the grandkids and our parents and extended, you know, aunts and uncles. And we would, um, I mean, they had this tiny little house, you know, I think it was three bedroom-ish, one bathroom. There was like 40 people in this tiny house. (laughs) And, but it was wonderful. And we would all crowd around and this table and there used to be, or we used to have to have a kid's table as well which I was on that table for a long time, (laughs) but yeah. And it was just, it was just wonderful. And my grandmother would make pork and tostones and platano maduro and congri. And I mean, all of these delicious foods and you could smell the garlic and the cumin and ah, I can like, oh, I can feel it now. (laughs) And, um, and it was beautiful. And yeah, so I miss them. And I miss those traditions. Nine years later, it still feels like yesterday. It does. It totally does. 
It totally does. How do you, how do you remember them? I use a lot of cumin. (laughs) (laughs) That's me too. I love cumin. Um, I have their pictures up, of course. Um, When we decorate for for Christmas, um, there are certain ornaments on the tree that remind me of them. And yeah, I mean, we just talk about them. My cousins and I, we share memories. You know, we taught and I talked to my parents about them because those, it was such an important relationship. So many beautiful memories with them. I think that culture can really help folks with their traditions too, or their rituals that different cultures have different ways of, of bringing loved ones near mm-hmm. and I love you sharing about your your holiday traditions. You know, mine, my family, my folks got divorced when I was 13. And I think that we, holidays were never the same after that. And I also grew up really poor. And so there were some holidays where there wasn't money for a present or there wasn't money for a tree. And, and my parents wished that they could provide those things. And so there was pain around that. And so... I think that coming from split families can be challenging for uh, trying to make both parents happy or two different families happy. If you're in a relationship, then you might need to consider your partner's family or families. Um, You might be navigating different cultures, different traditions, and just the range of difficulty that can come up around this time of year. And I'm just sitting with that and thinking about how complicated it can be. And maybe you don't celebrate the the mainstream holidays either because you don't culturally, that doesn't resonate for you. Or So not feeling represented or reflected in, in the commercials and the music and mm-hmm. all of that can be really isolating too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, you know, more types of loss than just death. Like you said, there's, there's divorce, there's financial insecurity, there's, you know, separation, um, lots of different things. I just think Um, about my international colleagues who are not able to get on a plane and travel home. And uh, even folks who might not be able to fly across the country right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's also so empowering when you decide what you are going to do. Like, okay, maybe I don't celebrate the same traditions, the same holidays that, you know, the rest of America celebrates, but this is what I celebrate. And this is what I'm going to do with my time. Back to that choosing. Right. It makes me think of the movie, A Christmas Story, where the mom had created this amazing dinner and, you know, they had all these presents and there was just, you know, she put a lot of pressure and then she left, I think it was a ham on the kitchen table and the next door neighbor's dogs busted through the house and took the, the ham and oh no, Christmas was ruined. And it's like, no, it's not because you could still choose to have a Christmas. And so they went out to a Chinese restaurant <laughs> and you know, that's where they had their Christmas dinner and it was wonderful. And they loved it and they had a great time. So it sounds being flexible and open too. Yeah. Especially yeah. right now. Yeah, for sure. This is our our last episode of the 
second season of the CWC Talks podcast, and we wanted to get this out to folks before the break. Is there anything else that you would add or want to touch on for this episode, Olivia? If you don't feel like celebrating whatever holiday, celebrating the year, celebrate yourself. Been through so much. This has been such a year with so many challenges. Celebrate the fact that you're you're still here. You're strong. You faced adversity and you're kicking its butt. So celebrate yourself. I needed to hear that. <laughs> I need to hear it a lot of times too. <laughs> it's almost just like celebrate survival. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been in a lot of survival mode this year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing today and for really taking the time to think about what is, I suspect, so, so common right now. Um, and I, I guess I might add one thing. I'd love to celebrate yourself. And it's also okay if you just don't have it in you right now. Right. You have that choice. Yeah, Yeah, you have that choice. Like, I know that I can be a little bit of a downer, but I also really (laughs) like to give people permission to opt out of of the things if the things just don't feel real or true. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, the last thing that I'll say is that we are here, even though some of our services slow down over the holidays at the counseling center, um, you can always reach a human being, even on Christmas day, who can talk to you on the phone. You can reach a counselor who can talk to you on the phone and connect with you and support you. Um, It can be midnight on Christmas that we will uh, have folks who can support you um, until services open back up and we get through those, that holiday break. So it's going to be a holiday season like none other in, in my lifetime and probably in yours as well. Yeah. And uh, we may not know how we're going to feel until we're in it. Mm-hmm. And as much, you know, planning and communicating and compromising as you're going to do, you might also find yourself hit by stuff that you weren't expecting. And please, please reach out if you, if you need some additional support. Um, but also, if you can, celebrate yourself. Thank you so much, Olivia, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm not going to say happy holidays. I'm just going <laughs> to say... What should I say if I don't say happy? I'm gonna say, I hope you have the holiday season that is respectful of what you need this year. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find CWC Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found. Please leave us a rating and review us. Email us at cwc-talks at ufl.edu with your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Show notes, resources, and more can be found at counseling.ufl.edu slash CWC talks.